sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Betting Edge podcast. We took a little bit of a break. We both got sick. We both lost our voices, but we made money while we were gone, and we are back to help you do the same again. I am joined, as always, on this side of me. I am pointing to my right, if you are listening, Mergy Moneyline, the prognosticator of the point spread at Samir Mergy, at Mergy Moneyline on Twitter. How's it going, buddy? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. It was a bad week, man. We both got sick. Uh, Leafs have been terrible this week. But personally, I'm feeling better, much better. I'm ready to get back into this. I'm kind of hyped. I'm really hyped for this tail end of the playoff season. Um, this, As of this recording, it's the night after the Leafs went down 2-0 to the Panthers. And of course, in the moment, it felt so detrimental. But the more and more I think about it, Series is not over. So, like, the nope. Toronto fan in me is still a little hopeful. I don't know exactly how far we're going to go, uh, but I really think that we can at least attempt to bounce back against this Florida Panthers team, who's not that not that amazing at home. So, for all you guys wondering why we're always talking about the Leafs and why we're always talking about Leafs hockey, it is intoxicating living in the city of Toronto. It Like, it, you cannot avoid it it is there's so much love for this team and you can feel the energy in the city when they're winning and you can feel the energy in the city when they're losing and that genuinely can impact a lot of us day-to-day basis whether or not it, people say it's just sports irrelevant it means a lot to a lot of people here um so we're this t- let me let me tell you guys a little bit what we're going to do this episode mergy here has been betting on esports for how many years now like uh, four or five now, almost. Yeah. And almost five. if I'm not mistaken, this is your most profitable area of sports betting. Yes. I have made uh, five in the five digits uh, just off of esports alone. Um, it's definitely my, my most profitable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> say the that, least. Was, that was, that was what I thought. So now you guys might be sitting there thinking to yourself, wow, that's interesting. Why am I not betting on esports? Because the entire gambling community pretends esports gambling does not exist. The reasons yep. why we will get into in a little bit. But there are not anywhere near enough people involved in esports gamblings for A, the lines to be sharp, and B, for you to lose money if you have knowledge. These are the two things. So we're going to talk about all sorts of things. We're going to talk about different esports, how Mergy got into betting on esports, what are some of his strategies, and how can you get involved with betting on esports? Because within a few, within a month from now, we're going to be rearing to the end of the NHL season, the NBA season. We're going to have no football. All we will be left with is baseball. But you know what runs during that time? Esports. And they keep running yep. and they keep going. So it is time you guys find a new way to make money, and we're going to bring it to you today. So, Mergy, let's start off by telling me what esports is for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> and what are the individual esports that you can bet on. So, esports as a whole is literally betting on video games, a betting on professional video game players when they play against each other. Um, so, you mentioned what kind of esports are there to bet on. Um, honestly, any of the major video games out there in the world, 
Fortnite, Call of Duty, NBA 2K even. You could they have an esports community. They have a professional either it's a league, if it's a team-based game, it's usually a league um or like a season that goes across months. Or if it's an individually based esports game like Fortnite for example, it's select tournaments that happen every couple of months leading up to like a big grand tournament near the end. So each of these big tournaments they usually call majors. Every esport calls like it that. Like tennis, like golf. Like tennis, like golf, exactly. Um, and then there's obviously the the lower uh, games that happen leading up to these majors. And you can bet on all of that. Um, I, I mentioned already Call of Duty, 2K, um, but even games like League of Legends or even older games like Super Smash Brothers Melee, um, they still have professional tournaments going on. And if you're in the know for that game or those games, um, then you can you can know when the games are uh, what teams are better. You can know when to watch these games. Typically, live streaming on Twitch or YouTube, um, and you watch for it free and for you, free. Yeah, for free. You can watch them for free, <laughs> and then you can bet on them on certain bookies. Um, I do want to just make it clear to you guys: it's not like I'm just betting, or when you're betting on esports, it's not like you're just betting on a random guy sitting in his room playing the game. Like, no, this it's a professional level of esports. So. The, the team, they either live together or they, they live near each other and practice in person every day. Uh, when they're playing these games, it's usually a, a LAN connection. So it's like in person, they connect the internet. It's not like you're, you're relying on an internet server. It's like 100% playing the game in a proper fashion. They all have coaches. Uh, so they're fans. High stakes. And there's the biggest thing. The building. Yeah, there's fans in the building. And the biggest thing of it all is there's, so much money on the line for the players themselves. So it's not like, oh, the winner's just going to get $100. Like, no, the winners sometimes get a million dollars for winning. There's tons of money in esports because of how popular video games are around the world. And to be honest, North America is like third in the world of, of esports out of all the continents. So the third continent uh, that I would say pays attention to esports and puts money into it. When you go to Europe, there's millions of dollars in all of those games. When you go to Asia, it gets like it gets like tens of millions of dollars. The League of Legends champion wins like ten million dollars throughout that year. Uh, it is a very lucrative in- industry, and I wanted to point that out because obviously, when you're betting on people to do things, you want to be betting on them uh, to try, right? Like you're ideally think you're you're ideally hoping that these guys are going to be trying to their fullest, and I can guarantee you they are. Because there's so much at stake in esports, and it is similar to football, I guess, NFL football. Um, it is a sport where your prime is very short, and there's a chance where your career can only last a few years. And so you try to make the most of it in the time that you have. So, what defines a good esports player? It's actually kind of an interest, kind of a question I've had in a while. Like for a while, why is the prime so short? So. Typically, they, the, the running joke in the video game community is once you hit like 24, 25 years old, you're old in esports. It's very different than regular sports. Why? Because it's a fact that your reaction time and, and your, your mechanics when it comes to like playing on a keyboard mouse or even a controller is quicker for the, yard, the youth. Also, the other way people like to look at it um, or people like to argue that is they say, 
as you get older, you have less time to play video games, obviously, unless you're doing it professionally, <laughs> which is, which say, makes if sense. you're making nine, if you're winning $10 million on a tournament at the age of 23, you still probably got time at 24. I will say. Yeah. Yeah, ex exactly. So, uh, so like that's the argument they try to make, but it is a fact that like a 19 year old, uh, will click that button faster, uh, and have better hand eye coordination than the 30 year old. And also um, that I think uh, I want to back that up and say, I want to say, I, I think that's going to change moving forward. The okay. reason being reason being is because usually you're seeing like, like I'm 26. Okay. And my whole life I've played video games. My brother, he's five years older than me. He's 31. He played like Mario and stuff when he was younger, but he didn't like keep up with it because generations are different. And so I think that actually has a factor in it too. Like a kid who's who picked up playing video games like Counter-Strike or whatever at like three years old is going to have solid mechanics even when he's 28. It's because yeah. he's been playing that whole time. But right now, as things stand, the 28-year-olds didn't play as much as those kids nowadays are playing. It's still so new. That makes sense. It's still so new. It's, it's still being accepted. It's <laughs> yeah, it's still being like accepted around the world of like, a hobby or a potential career path and a lot of people like when growing up didn't really have the luxury of being able to play as much um, not only was it expensive but also the i don't know like you some parents are going to be like look you're wasting your time like focus on this focus on like act like physical sports focus on something else um and so i think older people will get better at the game as generations move forward because they'll have been playing it their whole life but as of right now yes the typical thing is the younger athlete esports athletes are way more touted um but there is on all these professional games because you can bet on them because there's so much money involved esports uh, other than like fortnite usually you have to be 18 years old to play in fortnite mm -hmm. you have to be 16 um they they allow 16 17 year olds to play in fortnite i guess that's just the nature of the game it's like it was focused on little younger generation, yes. younger kids. Um, and even those 16, 17 year olds, they have to be there with their parents or blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's a very short window, right? Like you could be an all-star at 15, 16 years old, but you can't get into the league until you're 18. And then you get into the league when you're 18, uh, Call of Duty League, for example. You can play out a couple years there. And then the next 16 year olds come in and they're just better than you. You're going to get knocked out unless you like, make a huge statement in the game you play your career is probably not going to be longer than three four years in eSport. okay so that actually that answers my question perfectly so thank you for that um there are one thing that i want to point out to all of you guys listening the mergy mentioned about like career paths in esports there is a full broadcasting team. There is a camera crew. There is an event crew running the whole event. There are drink servers. There are vendors. This is not small. This isn't something new. This is just something that is being gatekept by the gambling community. For whatever reason, that's the reality. So, Mergy, tell me why you have made so much money on esports and how. Give it like give us give us the lowdown. The 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 biggest thing uh, is exactly what you just mentioned. The gambling com community has been gatekeeping it in a way, right? You go on BetMGM, you go on FanDuel, you can't find any lines for esports at all. Um, some bookies like DraftKings, 
uh, some bookies, like a certain green bookie, uh, 365, uh, they have esports in them, um, but it's not like to the full extent. You can't bet on every aspect of it. And then there are some bookies that are only online bookies. I guess they're targeting gamers uh, and you can bet through crypto and with those bookies. And those are the ones where you get lots and lots of esports bets available. Um, so because it's being gatekept in that way, there's not it's not being paid attention to as much of a market in the betting world, right? Um, bookies don't really know how to gouge the odds as much because it hasn't been around for as long because things have changed so much in just the past 10 years. You can't rely on data from like a Halo 1 tournament from like 15 years ago. You no. have to rely on you have to rely on this data that's happened in the past few years. And because of that, the odds are so all over the place. Um, I just want to give a quick example just today. And that's why I want to give this example. Literally today, a uh, Valorant game was going on. Valorant is a computer game, for those of you who don't know. It's a shooter game, a uh, team-based game. And it was a derby between the two Spanish teams in the league. So how Valorant, how esports usually work is they section off the leagues based off of your region. Uh, so your region in Europe is the EMEA region. Uh, that happens across all esports uh, because Europe is kind of small in terms of the amount of professionals that are playing, but obviously so many countries involved. Mm -hmm. um, they typically get a couple of Turkish teams. Like, Turkey's really big in esports. That's why it's Turkey specific. Okay. Uh, but they get like a couple of Turkish teams. They get a couple of Spanish teams. They get like one UK team usually. Um, they get a couple of French teams and they kind of put them all in the same league. Uh, so <laughs> the two Spanish teams were going up against each other today. And one of them is dead last in the league. So the odds, obviously, when you look at when you're setting odds, the books make it, bookmakers made it plus 400 for this last place team. Uh, huge discrepancy, strictly off the fact that they haven't been playing well and the team they're coming up against, three of the players on the team they're coming up against used to play with them. So they kind of set the odds like that, expecting team one at whatever minus 800 odds to win easily yeah but i come into it looking at it from a different angle these three guys used to play with the the other team not only that their coach used to coach the other team so the other team kind of already knows what game plan is coming into this game i saw plus 400 and i'm like that's way too big of a discrepancy between two teams that are not like the best teams in the league neither of them are yeah, one team is the worst team in the league, theoretically, but now it's a derby, all Spanish. This is their final. This is Coach their knows, players final. know. Like, this is, Coach, there's so yeah. many factors. The fans in the building all came to watch this, um, and it's, it's just a massive game. And, like, if you, if you relate that to other sports, like soccer, where we get a huge derby games, you know that the games are going to be fought closer. Even if the favorite team still wins, you know it's going to be fought closer. So in situations like that, like today, I took the underdog on the spread, which means that they they cover the spread. Whatever that is, typically in esports, covering the spread means that you win at least one map. Because in esports, it's usually played out across multiple maps, depending on the sport. So, so uh, in, in Valorant, in this one, I bet on the, the, the underdog to at least win one map. Because I'm like, hey, they're going to play a closer game to these guys, even if they lose. And the odds for that were plus 250. You can find spots like this. Just to circle back and answer your question is 
that bookmakers don't really know how to set the lines for esports as of yet. They don't know how to set the lines um, accurately yet because they're just basing it off of the minimal information they have. They're not considering every aspect of the game. They're not considering every single aspect of the players and the history because, frankly, Valorant has only been professional league for two years. And this year was the first year it was like really professional where where like lots of sponsorships started coming in. So when sponsorship comes in, more money comes in, people take it more seriously, and it'll take a couple years for them to get data and good enough data for them to set the lines properly. Okay, so I have a question. You mentioned about about yes, there's the, these factors, um, Darby factors, team factors, various things. Outside of those factors. To me, esports seems more predictable because you have taken away a lot of the external factors, such as like weather, such as yeah. like, such as um, weather is the one that's really sticking in my brain right now. <laughs> but uh, like physical fail, physical failure, injury. Like, yeah. do you see players go down to injury in esports? Honestly, you do. So that's the one like okay. misconception people will have. Um, and I guess it kind of answers an earlier question you have. Uh, the reason why it's so lucrative and it's gatekept in a way uh, is because I feel like a large majority of gamblers and professional gamblers in the gambling world are a little bit older than us, than you and I made it, right? Yes. Like they're the ones who've been running it. And even people our age fail to believe that esports can be a sport quote unquote so people just don't take it seriously enough right and one of the biggest misconceptions is um oh it's like there's no physical skill to it and like sure yeah they're not running or they're not lifting or they're not um you know like getting injured like like a leg injury but you do see if a player is not fully fit in a way for them to play the game which means like their arm, maybe their arm's hurting. I've seen uh, someone break their hand. Uh, and these things happen outside of the, outside of the eSport. <laughs> but it, it affects their whole game, right? And like the, it is a very physically straining sport, not just on the body, but on like because of the mental stress it gives you. Yeah, it really like takes it out of your, your it's an outer body experience, bro. I've played in like, semi-professional video game tournaments and that's how i got into esports to begin with right you got to like kind of like the video games you got to kind of know the yeah. video games uh you don't have to play religiously but you got to kind of know it or have played at some point to be able to understand the the esport a little bit um but like so i've played in like semi-professional things nowhere near the pro level and i come out of the game like like literally fucking mentally drained almost sweating to a point because like it really takes a whole body experience and one thing i noticed started like when i moved from console gaming to computer gaming is that like when you set up like i'm trying to set up right now okay so i'm sitting up and you're back like you need to have it straight and like those little mechanics your arm needs to be like your shoulder down to your fingertips need to be in a line kind of otherwise you're going to strain your body otherwise you're not going to have as much uh, accuracy in the game and if you're on the zone trying to keep your arms straight, trying to like play everything fully over a three hour video game series, you're going to be fucking dead after those three hours. So, so it's it not is more a predictable. Bit, it, it's it, just it, not it's, more predictable. It's not more predictable. 
it, but I agree with you. It is more predictable. I just you know what I'm to trying to say. Do you know what yeah. I'm trying to say though? It, it's it's easier to predict as far as when you're looking at odds. It's easier yeah. to predict what the odds are telling you is going to happen versus what you think is going to happen. But yeah. as far as like being a more predictable form of sport, that's just not true. Yeah. No. Agreed. That's not true. And also the uh, idea of like how mentally how mentally taxing it is. Like it is just up there with all these other sports that we see, tech, uh, tennis, soccer, uh, basketball, all these games where it's so mentally taxing because of the decisions you have to make in the moment. Um, it really weighs on, on these esports athletes. Um, and there, there hasn't been enough research on it yet, but in recent years, it's coming out um, that you need to be physically fit overall as a person to be to excel really high in video games uh that's why you see all these big clubs now they they invest in like sports therapists they invest heavily in physical sports therapists who get these guys on a on a diet change get these guys on a workout plans um, because at the end of the day you need to be at your best ability as a human uh to be able to to succeed in any of these competitions or sports that you're doing in whether it's a physical one and it definitely it definitely happens in esports as well so for any of you who are st- like we're going to just keep trying to convince you here over this this episode uh for any of you who are <laughs> not convinced this is already a billion dollar industry in its yeah. infancy major league baseball the first season they played was 1901 and currently the revenue in all of sports in North America, in America, is around $400 billion. They have 124, 122 years of building that. So if you just project esports revenues into 2029, which they have done, it's expected to be about $7 billion. This is an industry that's not going anywhere, that is going to be one of the bigger industries in sports, period. And if you would, if, if you want to get into it, the time is now because you will be ahead of the curve for many, many, many years. So let's talk about the sports you in particular bet the esports you in particular bet on and where the majority of your money comes from. So I mentioned it earlier, uh, betting on esports, typically should go for esports. You either enjoy watching or enjoy playing. So like the biggest thing, uh, biggest thing right away is if you're into video games, it'll be easier for you to transition into this. If you're not, just give it a chance. Uh, Maybe you were when you were younger. Maybe you played Call of Duty with your friends. A lot of us, our generation played Call of Duty with our friends when we were younger. And you at least understand the aspect of that. Um, And that's actually how I got you into eSports Mayday. Like I would turn on Call of Duty uh, while we're hanging out and you're like, hey, I recognize like, that mechanic, that mechanic. I used to play the game yeah, this ten years ago, but I've seen it before. Um, and you, you also can appreciate how good these players are, which make when you see them pull off plays, you're like, holy shit! Like, I could never have done that, for example. So that's the first thing. Start with with esports that you like. Uh, me personally, how I got into it, Counter Strike. Funny story. You mentioned off the top of this ep- uh, episode. Soon we're going to be in a season where there's no base. I mean, nothing but baseball. And you're going to be looking for things to bet on. Circle back three years ago. COVID. Four years ago, almost. COVID-19, right? 
sports get stopped. I am sitting there, just got into betting fairly recently. Um, and I'm like, fuck, like I want, I'm sitting at home all day now. I, I want to bet on something. Guess what kept going? Esports, because they could play it from their own homes. And so it was a little different than how it works now, where they're not playing from home. They play in stadiums, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they were playing from home and like you could bet on something. And that's kind of how I got into it. I was like, I'm going to be watching this anyways. I play the game, Counter-Strike. I might as well throw some bets on it. Slowly but surely, uh, not only Counter-Strike came back, NBA 2K League came back, Call of Duty League came back, Valorant came back. Those are four video games that I play, that I enjoy uh, playing on my own. And for like a good month, they were the only things on. Like yeah. Up until soccer came back, or two months almost, uh, up until the bubble uh, for the NBA, like they were the only things on. And that's how I got into it. I started betting on these games. Um, I was already watching Counter-Strike for a bit, so I kind of knew the teams. But to be honest, it took me like half a year to to actually learn the teams and learn the players and learn the play styles. Uh, but, but that COVID... is the key. That is the yeah. key to betting esports. The knowledge yeah. of the teams, which most people, including the bookies, do not have. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it takes a bit of dedication, like anything though, right? Like if you want to start betting on anything, you have to at least be aware of what's going on. And then you have to do research on the little nuances of that sport or little different things that could happen. Um, for this, exactly, you're right. That's what I did. I did my my duty. I did my diligence. I, I did research. I lost some money before I started realizing exactly how to tackle it. Um, and esports is the kind of thing where now it'll now I will agree with you where it's a little bit easier to predict based off of the odds that they give you. And the reason for that is because they're using their knowledge of other sports to set these odds. Like they're not just using the knowledge of the, the esport to set these odds. They're using their knowledge from like, okay, if Golden State was in this situation, what would the odds be set against Minnesota Timberwolves, for example? It's like a younger up and coming flop kind of team versus a dynasty. And Maybe they'll shift the odds a bit based off of recent results, but the overall arching um, idea that the bookies are thinking when they set these lines are basing it off of other sports. Now that's totally wrong, and that's where they get caught. Completely. And you'll see, you'll see, like in higher matches, like higher known matches, like Atlanta Phase, for example. Anyone who knows video games knows Phase and Optic. Okay, so when Phase and Optic play each other those lines are a little more tight because they know so many more eyes are on it. But then if they go to a random game, the game I was talking about earlier in this episode, Valorant happened today, the Spanish Derby, only like 20,000 people were watching it only. And at the end of the day, probably like a quarter of those 20,000 people were betting on it. So the bookies don't care. And like they, they can lose some money on that. They'll make their money back tonight when Boston and Philly play each other. Like, they don't care about yes. the esports as much, and it's going to change over the next five years. They're going to get sharper. They're going to realize how much more people are betting on it. Over the next five years, fourteen-year-olds are going to be nineteen, and the fourteen-year-olds today, they care more about video games than they do about basketball. Like they do. It just is what it is. So, five years from now, ten years from now, these bookies are going to get sharper. It is the best time to get into it now. It's the best time to not only learn it learn how the betting works, the odds work, um, 
but also try understanding uh, the best ways to bet on esports. So one of my favorite things to do is because in esports, the margins are so small, like a team, yeah, they're, they're better overall, but in the moment, that other team has been preparing to play this team for weeks. And they have a certain game plan on a certain like map or playstyle where they can at least make it a close game. And so my favorite thing to do is either taking an underdog spread, because if you know the underdog's gonna put up a fight, or total maps. Like like how like in, in basketball, you do a total on how many points are scored. In esports, you can pick a total on how many of the games are played, how many rounds are played between these two guys. I want to pause you here just for a second because I want to quickly explain to some people who might be feeling a little lost about how this actually works. Each team, uh, sorry, each esports game consists of multiple rounds. The two teams go against each other on in each round. Each round is subjected to a different physical playing field court if you want to call it yeah um and the teams the good the better team gets to pick their first their preference as so far as which court do you like playing on the best we like playing on this court the best this is the one we would like to run with first then the next team gets to choose their home court and then the next team gets to so essentially when you are betting on maps what you're betting on is the number of rounds that this game is going to go that's like for that's the best way I can sort of put it. That was a perfect N- into NBA NHL type <laughs> terms. That, that was the perfect way to describe it. You're literally picking your your court or your rink that you or arena that you want to play in, yeah. um, and then you play one round in each arena. Sometimes you play multiple rounds in in each arena, um, but each team gets to pick uh, at least one arena that you're for, for one round. So that being yeah. said, the underdog that goes back to what I was saying, the underdog has been preparing for two weeks. They're like, hey, we're going to pick this arena against this team. And we know we're playing this team in two weeks. We know they're better than us. But if we master that one arena, then we know we're going to have a better chance at potentially upsetting them. Um, because Correct. they can count account that round as a win almost. And that's when the way I home like games in a playoff series. That's exactly. literally what it comes down to. Exactly. So that's, what, that's what, uh, the way I like to do it, right? I like to bet on um, the underdog either... The spread so either they win one of those rounds and keep it closer or um the total maps the total rounds played i'll bet an over or i'll bet an under if i really think this team's stinky and and the under has good value i'll bet the under i'll, I'll take this one team to dominate or i'll take the over when i know it's going to be a close game i know it's going to be a three-hour battle between these two guys um and, and that's a very lucrative um in place to find it another bet that makes a lot more sense when it's betting esports versus other sports are futures. So as I mentioned earlier, like they have the major tournaments every couple of months and leading up to the tournaments, just like in golf, just like in tennis, they're still playing games. They're facing other opponents. They're kind of getting points towards that, that weekend. And through that phase, you can get a good feeling on which teams are feeling it, which teams are clearly like either trying new things, uh, which teams are, solidified like the best in the world um and you can kind of gouge off of that uh which teams you think are going to be successful because come major time all these underdogs start winning because uh it's different when you're in person but but 
in esports, you'll see the results of the majors. They're very dependent on the results from the qualification. I think in esports that matters more than any of the other sports I've seen. Because um, in tennis majors, you see upsets happen all the time. In yes. golf majors, you, you think guys are going to be top 10 and they end up not even making the cut. But in esports, if this one team was fucking undefeated in qualifying, you know they're going on a deep run in the tournament. And so that, that's when I agree with you, where it's a little easier to predict these things. Um, just because of the sheer the sheer uh, like status of the game right now. Like there's certain things that are overpowered in a game um, in that patch. Cause you have to remember that it's a video game. They, they update the developers update patches uh, every months, every couple months. And sometimes in those patches, they change the meta. They, they call it meta. Uh, they change the meta of the game, which is like the overpowered way to play the game. Just cause they want to keep people on their toes. They want to keep it interesting. Counter-Strike has been around since like, early 2000s, right? And it's still the most popular shooting game today. Why? Because they've been updating it. Every every couple of years, they completely revamp it. And every couple months, they like update, they make one gun stronger, they make one gun weaker. They try to like keep you on your toes. Um, and so that being said, that allows certain teams, certain playstyles to master, yes. Yes. to master the meta for a couple months. And if you can catch on to who's mastering it, you can maybe take two or three different individual bets to win a tournament and get plus 200 odds at the very least on like your worst one. And like, then if one of them hit, you're making money. All of that. And all of that just comes down to knowledge of the game itself and knowledge of the teams. If you have both of those things in esports, you're very likely to come out profitable. So we've talked a little bit about betting esports in general. Let's dive a little deeper into the sports that make up esports and which ones you find the most valuable as far as betting goes. So we have COD League, CDL League, which is the official name for it. Um, We have Valorant. We have CSGO, which is Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Valorant is a slight offshoot of CSGO. It's the same uh, thing. It's just a different skin. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically the same game, but they have put different visuals on top of it. So it's either way, it's a similar style game. And you have things like Fortnite, you have 2K, you have official FIFA players for actual clubs around the world. (laughs) Where are the ones that you actually want to be involved in if you're going to make money? So the ones that you typically want to be involved in uh, are the bigger ones with more money involved. Why? Because not only do the players take it more seriously, but also lower league esports uh, have the chance of cheaters. And by cheaters, I mean not cheating the game. I mean actually getting paid to throw the game. Yes. Uh, if you you find that very often in lower league soccer, you'll yeah. find it. Same thing in esports. Lower league esports, same thing. Because hey, they're not making enough money playing the actual game. So they're going to make more money from the betting companies for for actively throwing a certain game. Um, So then that's the number one thing. Look for the bigger ones, especially uh, the bigger regions for the bigger ones. Counter-Strike, biggest game in the world, but there's so many lower level leagues. Avoid the lower level leagues. Just go bet on the top top 50. Top 50 teams, whenever they're playing, those kind of games you bet on. Um, Valorant. As much as I bet on it and I and I, I make lots of money on it, I would suggest staying away from for the next few years. It's so new. 
it's so new and they just came out with this partnered league uh where it's lots of sponsors are in tons of money are being thrown at it and at the end of the day the game has only been around for three years like yeah it's so new there's not enough uh, uh research on it so it's so volatile unless you've been paying attention since the start of the game three years ago and you know what teams are good you know what players are good like i have i would suggest don't bet on it the ones you okay. should be looking to bet on call of duty because there's call of duty has been a professional thing for so long not only that it's the biggest like out of these games i'm talking about in north america Yes. So everyone in North America takes it really seriously. There's tons of research you can find on it. And it's easier to get into if you ever played the game before, which was one of the most popular games. If you ever played any video games, likely you have tried it. So um, Call of Duty, I would. League of Legends. League of Legends is probably the, most, yeah, probably the most lucrative uh, esports industry in the world. I, for one, played it a bit in high school. Never got into it that much. Never loved it that much. And that's why I don't bet on it too often. However, there are literally people around the world who just live off of betting on, on League of Legends because it's, one, a little easier to predict. Two, uh, there's so much, like, so many stats on it because that's by far, like I said, the biggest industry. Um, and so there's so many stats on it. There's so many majors that go on. Uh, and there's different, like, like there's tons of cappers out there that'll give you League of Legends stuff. So League of Legends one to get in, Call of Duty's one to get into, and Counter Strike definitely one to get into. It's been a professional ga game and league for for decades now, and to be honest, um, the the skill level of playing the game is like the highest out of any fucking esport I've ever seen. Counter-Strike is, is so hard to play. Yes, these, yes. These it's guys the most difficult are, game. Yeah, most difficult like, game. It's, it's like you think you're shooting the guy, but you're really not. <laughs> um, like You have your mouse. If you put it on, you think you're putting it on the guy's head, you're really not. Like it, it just takes so much precision. You have to hit the exact pixel. And because of that, um, the players that play them, they take it so seriously. It's, it's kind of a gate-kept kind of community. Um, and if you can get into learning the way things go, that is the one, the one esport where it's a little bit, what I mentioned before, it's a little easier to predict heading into majors. It's a little okay. easier, like, um, you know, this team's good right now. It, they're not going to just randomly fall off. Like they're good. And they're play, doing the things right. You see them go through the motions um, and you can honestly bet on them to win the tournament a week before the tournament starts. Uh, it's one of the easier okay. ones to predict in that sense. Okay, so we've covered a lot of different things here. The one thing that I think is the most important for us to cover, if you are not an esports better, you've never watched esports, you didn't play COD, where do we start? How? What is the trajectory for us here? And how do we go about learning these things? So... Where do you start? Is a, it's a hard one. I guess it depends on what games you prefer watching. But that's where you start. Start watching a couple of these games. Start watching um, a couple of the bigger tournaments. Because it's easier to watch those than a random game. The big tournaments, yeah. they have like an actual, like you said, broadcast crew. They have like an actual desk, analyst desk. Um, they'll be explaining things to you. It's just like regular sports. Um, it's, yes. it's like if you want to just start picking it up and watching basketball, you can turn on the TV and Shaq and Chuck will be sitting there telling you 
exactly what's happening in these plays. So same thing for the esports. Try watching a couple of these big tournaments. Maybe go see one in person. Uh, there's like we live in Toronto. There's a Toronto COD team, and they're they're hosting a tournament end of May. It's a big stadium filled with people. It's fun fun day. You can go check things out, learn the game a bit, and make sure you take some time to learn the game. Don't start betting on these things within the first week you start watching things. It's a long-term thing. Start doing research over a few months. See how the game works. See how the game plays out. If you can play the game, play the game a couple times. Learn what you would do in these situations. Great. Learn great why, why the players are going to be making these decisions. Why uh, Learn kind of uh, the nuances of the game in terms of one big thing in esports is when a team's winning and you have live odds available, that is a huge swing. For some reason, the bookies, I guess it's automated. Um, the bookies give such short odds on the team winning when, in fact, it's very easy to make comebacks in certain certain situations, right? Like like we mentioned, it's different arenas each time. Some maps favor the, the first half of the game. But then on the second half, when you switch to the defense side, for example, and now you're defending for the second half of the round, um, it's easier to make that comeback. So if you understand the game and you understand what maps are better for that and you see live odds, that's the best, most lucrative thing to do. Um, for example, same example I used earlier, today's the Spanish Derby, super underdog, midway through the first round between them. the underdog was leading by so much uh and the odds i'm sorry the 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 favorite was leading by so much yeah and the odds were like minus 800 for them to win the whole thing they ended up losing the whole thing so like just imagine if i was like if i didn't already have a bet on it i would have been thinking okay maybe i take this plus 800 or whatever plus 700 on the underdog because it's unfathomable why the odds are at that when they're about to switch sides, and now the team that was attacking first is now going to defend, and it's easier to defend on this map. So just my game knowledge helped me be like, okay, these guys can easily make a comeback. Live odds don't reflect that. Um, so that's just like a good example that puts everything together of like what we were talking about. Um, and that being said, live odds in esports are a very lucrative thing to look at. Um, but... You have to learn the game. You have to take the time to not only learn the game, the players, the the way the league works. Um, you have to see these comebacks happen physically to believe that it's possible. And then after like five months, honestly, I would say six months of you doing this research, you can maybe place a couple bets in that time, but do small, small, small bets. After six months, when you're a little more comfortable and you actually enjoy watching the game, then then start putting more money on it. And trust me, if you do the work, you will, will make money. It's the, by far the, my most profitable sport. By far. You come to SportsGrid to get the betting edge. You want a betting edge? This is the real edge that you can find. The bookies have the edge in every single way. We are doing our best with our game knowledge to collectively put out good information. With esports, yeah. your game knowledge has the actual ability to be better than the bookies' game knowledge as of right now. It might not stay like that for very long, but the reason you're all here is to make money. Like, that's the fundamental reason you're all here. And this is an investment that you need to get in now. It has a learning curve. 
most good things do. It has a massive reward at the end if you can figure it out. As Mergy said, five figures in four years is <laughs> pretty spectacular. You're not going to find very many of that, very many times where that's the case in regular sports betting. Esports are here now. I haven't done it in other sports, so there you go. And it you're still a high percentage better in other sports. Yeah. Like anybody, any high high percentage better that is already betting on esports, I guarantee you, if you talk to them, you will hear the exact same thing we have just said to you for 45 minutes. But the problem is there aren't many of them talking in public spheres. There's yeah. very few. There are Discord groups. There are like chat groups around the internet, Reddit threads. But like for the most part, there's not a lot of it in the mainstream. So with that all being said, esports are here. They're already worth a billion dollars in North America, being the third biggest country that supports it. Just wait five years from now. If you take the plunge and learn now, you will be sending us emails thanking us. I guarantee you. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And and people all over the world are catching on to it. So each and every day you're kind of losing that edge a little bit. Um, but people all over the world are are relying on this. Um, this boom from esports that are, is about to happen. And yeah. to be honest, um, just be ahead of the curve, as Ryan said, because honestly, in 10 years, I wouldn't, I, I'd be surprised if ESPN isn't showing esports. I will actually absolutely, unless a bigger esports broadcasting company happens to oh, come yeah. in. You never That's know. It, it's that level of industry where an ent- where a company could make their entire thing broadcasting esports that is like their level of industry espn is to is literally the sports network entertainment yeah. sports <laughs> so, something along those lines i don't know the actual acronym but either way um we are going to continue to hammer this home we're going to come back on ahead of majors now that we've broached this topic once on the betting edge this will not be the last time you hear about it hear about yeah. it from us we'll go into individual sports we will go into individual majors as they come up this is the place to be if you want to get the edge on esports betting. There are not many others. That's basically it. Mergy, do you have anything else you think is necessary for us to get out there in this first episode about esports before we roll off? Just uh, the notion that uh, betters are not focusing on it. Uh, I know we've said this multiple times, but like one comment stands out to me. and. A certain uh, speaker came to our school uh, when Mayday and I were in school. And he is, I'm not going to say by name, but he is very, very influential in the sports betting community. He has his own show. He's a household name. Came to speak to us. And I actually asked him about esports. And I disagreed with his answer. He said, uh, don't focus on that shit. Don't focus on esports betting because kids they're not going to get their parents' credit card to pay for the bet. That's a bad take. (laughs) Yeah. that It makes sense five years ago, maybe. Maybe ten years ago. But these kids, they grow up to be adults who still play video games. Like, we see so many adult gamers nowadays. We see so many adult gamers who are into betting, into sports. And, man, I was watching Call of Duty last week, or two weeks ago. The major was going on. The main broadcast had 100,000 people on Twitch live. The watch party that Scump, Optic Scump, for those of you guys who don't know, legend in Call of Duty, 
he was hosting that 200 cases uh oh, live goodness. viewers and then there's like three or four other watch parties going on probably giving you like 50k each add that all together that's a huge man that's millions of dollars that twitch is generating literally just off of that um so it's just a good example to you guys that it's growing uh keep an eye on esports just do if you don't believe anything we said in the past 40 minutes at the very least just keep an eye on it um and understand Great. that it's here to stay understand it's going to stay uh kids that play video games are growing up and loving video games and 20 years from now we're gonna have me approaching 50 years old who's still gonna be playing video games and i'm sure i'm not gonna be alone absolutely so that's all i need to get off my chest with that Okay, and the last thing I would like to say, based on that little argument that uh, that guest speaker gave to us, one of the, and we don't endorse this. Let me let me tell you, but <laughs> even if you look back into the history of Counter Strike, there's something called there's something called the Counter Strike like trading. Oh, I don't the Counter Strike marketplace. The, the skins they still this, have this, it. They are there are there are very very many things that are being bought and sold. Amongst children, yeah. like 14, 15, 16 year olds buying and selling skins for the game. And that, what that means is how your gun visually looks in the game. <laughs> they have like been that's buying, it. <laughs> they've been buying and selling this. I have friends that were gamble, essentially gambling, it is gambling on this at the age of 12, 13, and 14, if you don't think those guys are about to boom an industry by the time they hit the age of 20, you don't know anything about, you don't know anything about economics. Yeah, uh, exactly. Simple. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about the skin market and that in itself That's is a gambling because how they get the skin is they spend $10 on a random box. Like FIFA, if you played FIFA, the packs, it's like yes. you spend $10 on a pack. Uh, it's like opening trading cards in real life for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. And you yeah. could get shit or you could get something really expensive. Um, and then you start building your, your worth through there. So that's a very good point. The parents' credit cards are getting used. Trust me. The parents' <laughs> credit cards are getting used. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. Um, all right. So we honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes we've done. I'm really, really glad we finally got to this one. And I hope you guys paid attention because this might be our most valuable episode of The Betting Edge to date. That's it for me, Mergy. Send us home, buddy. Thank you for all the knowledge. I am so excited for our fans to get involved with this. <laughs> I am so excited too. Uh, we'll definitely, as Mayday said, keep up with this uh, as majors come on and come around. We'll preview a couple of them. And if you guys tune in, you can see the way I kind of work my way through what bets I would like, what teams I like, um, and how I get to that point. Other than that, guys, playoff season, gamble responsibly. There's so much shit to bet on. Make sure you guys are being smart about it because, hey, that hard game to predict, if you get it right, it's not winning you more money than predicting someone. Like, unless, I guess, it's a big underdog. But, like, Philadelphia, Boston, it's hard to predict that series. Don't put as much money and stock into it as you are a random baseball game that, hey, it might have been a little easier to predict. Uh, so keep that in mind, guys. Discipline is key to make money long-term. That's it for me. We'll see y'all next week with another episode. And most importantly, let's cash, baby.